are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association and the NBA Finals game one last night. Suns win that on Wednesdays. I'm your co-host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter and host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. This episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join us whenever we have our shows. I'm on Wednesdays. John is on Fridays to get in on the action. Uh, Spotify Greenroom, changing the way we talk sports. John, we, we finally, finally made it to the NBA Finals after this very, very long season. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Before we even get into this game, I was pretty hyped for this one. Normally, by this point of the year... Like, I'm exhausted. I kind of hate basketball at this point. I don't really care. I went into this game about as excited for an NBA Finals as I've been in a really long time. Man, we got some great storylines in here. Either Giannis and the small market Bucks, after keeping their star are going to win a title, or Chris Paul after all of these failed attempts is going to win a title. There's new blood. There's, you know, all sorts of fun here. The Phoenix crowd is great. The Milwaukee crowd is great. This is just great, and this 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 game, even though it got to like twenty points here, that this was fun. Like I'm giddy. I, people watching this on YouTube, I'm like just excited, smiling. This was fun. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. The first half was great. The Suns started to run away with it at one point in the second half, but the Bucks got it down to as little as seven before the Suns and Chris Paul, and we're going to gush about him in the third segment, yeah. just closed the door on them. But overall, this was a pretty great game one for the series. The Phoenix Suns do win 118-105. We're going to focus it entirely today's show is just about this. So, like, John, first impressions, what what jumped out to you in this game? So first of all, I just want to say that this was one of those uh, louder for the people in the back kind of games. The Phoenix Suns are good for the people who are still kind of like, I don't know, louder for the people in the back. The Phoenix Suns are good. They answered everything that the Milwaukee Bucks did. But it started with the the Bucks switching everything. And and I don't know that the, that the Bucks had enough time to really work on this. And this is where the condensed nature of this schedule, I think, starts to show itself in the NBA Finals. Normally, the Finals would have started on Thursday. But they need to get these Finals done to get these these guys into the Olympics. Like, three of these these guys are playing in the Olympic team. The the Olympic team is, is now in training camp in Vegas. They're waiting for these three guys to finish. Yeah. Up. They're, they're like ready to go. So if, if the bucks had had a few more days to work on this, I think it might've gone better. They might've been able to figure some things out, but we had, what we had here was Brooke Lopez switching out onto Devin Booker and not onto Chris Paul. And, and the early sun's juice came from Devin Booker attacking like crazy. And in the bucks defense, which is one of their strengths, was really starting to fail them. So for me, Jake, this is that the first part of this is the Suns, I mean, the, the Bucks tried to adjust to the Suns and their crazy mid-range shooting, and it didn't work early, and Devin Booker got going. 
No, he, everyone got going from early on, right? Not just Devin Booker, who was really attacking in transition to and off switches, but they ran a lot of Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton pick and rolls too. And they switched on those. And it was, if you switched Brooke Lopez out on Chris Paul, he was like, cool, I'm just going to go right at him and just hunted that mismatch. And then if they put someone smaller, like Drew Holiday switching on to a guy like DeAndre Ayton, they're like, cool, we got the size advantage. Let's just hit him as the role man. And like anything the Bucks tried to do in the beginning, just didn't work defensively at all. It, it's weird because they didn't switch a ton. Or they did a good amount, I thought, in, in the last round. But this wasn't a switch-everything team, as you said. Maybe they needed some more time to work on it. But as the game went on, they, they started to mix in some drop coverage. And you just said it. They got eaten alive in that, too. Just practice jumpers for Chris Paul, for Devin Booker in the mid-range, nailing them. Despite what what people want to say, us nerds and analytics people think, that's an excellent shot from them, and we all agree. And you don't want to be giving up open mid-rangers to Chris Paul and Devin Booker because they ate him alive. I got like 10 different things to say off of what you just said. Let me, let me, start, with <laughs> let me start with this. I'm going to clear up a misconception about the mid-range shot for the people who are are thinking that this is just a, a you just know. Just you up for this one. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, this is some middle finger to the analytics nerds. The reason why the mid-range is not a good shot is because most people aren't good at it. That the mid-range shot, if you take 100 shots from the mid-range, you got to hit 50 of them to score 100 points. If you hit 34 out of 100 three-pointers, you score 102 points. That's why the math works in the favor of the three-pointer. How many people can hit 50% of their mid-range shots? Not many. That's why... The analytics say Paul can Devin Booker can, but those guys can, and that's why they should take them. And Chris Paul hitting those mid range shots. And and look, I actually just wrote a thing about the Celtics that they need to learn from the Phoenix suns. Jalen Brown is a good mid range shooter. They need to get Jason Tatum. Who's not it either be a good range mid range shooter or just ditch it. That's the lesson around here from the league. So these guys Booker and, and let me just, I'll quickly go to the other thing I wanted to say. Because they were switching so much early, Devin Booker got to the rim, got a ton of confidence, got to the free throw line, was I think six of six early on in the first quarter and, and saw the ball go in and, and got a ton of confidence. Then when you go to drop coverage, the mid-range shot is a free throw. That was... If Chris Paul was seven for 11 in the mid-range in this game. Right. So if you're going to do the drop coverage, do it first. If you're going to do the drop coverage, do it when these guys are out coming out cold and challenge them to come out making some of those shots. Don't let them get their confidence getting to the rim. Don't let, get, let them get their confidence getting at the free throw line, which the Bucks filed way too much. Do your drop coverage first. Play what, Do what you do best and see if that can work. And then adjust. That's, that's where I think, and you, you said this actually before we started recording, it's almost like the Bucks outsmarted themselves. Yeah, I, I wanted to jump into that because it seems like they were planning like a game ahead, right? Like they've they've gotten to the finals. They're they're a good team, but we've seen Coach Bud just just make some questionable decisions, and it was like he adjusted before the game had already been played. And I like that he's willing to change and make adjustments. That's important because we've definitely seen at times when it's like he's not doing that, and we're all screaming on Twitter like, "What are what are you doing?" Maybe don't do it before before game one starts, though. Like, I, there are so many things about this Bucks team that makes me want to, like, rip my hair out at times. And, like, as much as we can focus on Chris Paul and everything the Suns did right, there's so much that the Bucks did 
wrong and i can't tell if that's actually encouraging for if you're a bucks fan or, or worse like they could fix a lot of this but it's so weird like wh why did they not come out just kind of doing their normal thing like you said maybe you need to start with drop a little bit see if they're hitting their shots or not and then start switching kind of depending on that you didn't need to come out switching one through five which is what they were doing and it's like this just i, I don't know it's trying to do something a little bit too early in the series i thought Yep. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. Do what you do best to start and then see how that's working and then go into your adjustments. Um, but again, I understand like that. That speaks yeah. to how awesome Chris Paul and Devin Booker can be in that area. And especially Chris Paul, that you're so afraid of Chris Paul killing you from the mid range that you change the thing that works. And a, hey, frankly, Chris Paul can is, is a killer in the mid range. Yeah. But let's see how how often is he going to hit that? And if he's if he's going to hit mid range shots all game long, and maybe maybe you just give that up and you let Devin Booker kind of say, "Hey, where are my shots?" And maybe you take them out of rhythm. But by switching everything, not only did you get Devin Booker going, uh, Chris Paul didn't score in the first first quarter, but at all. <laughs> they, but you know what they did get? They got DeAndre Ayton going, and. Yeah. In the Suns games where they were not good in, in the playoffs, which weren't very many, but in the ones that they lost, a lot of it had to do with DeAndre Ayton not being good. DeAndre Ayton just ascending and, and, and showing what his true kind of well-rounded self can be is a huge part of this Phoenix Suns success. And by allowing the switches and, and willingly let P.J. Tucker and Drew Holiday switch onto onto Aiton. You just throw those lobs up there and he can catch and finish. It, it was just, they didn't have enough time, I don't think, to really perfect this. If you're going to switch everything, everything's got to be on point. The help has got to be there. Everything's got to be done with confidence. And the Bucks were not playing defense with any confidence whatsoever. So I think game two, you got to get back to what you do well and then make your changes off of that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's just, it's like in the Super Bowl, right? Where each team kind of scripts the first 10 to 15 to 20 right, plays right. and they're just going to do those no matter what to kind of feel each other out. It's like two boxers kind of dancing around each other, looking for that opening and where to strike. And it was just like the Bucks came out. We're like, this is what we are going to do. We've already done that stuff, even though they haven't because they hadn't played a game. Also, don't discount the fact that Chris Paul, who, by the way, just masterful again in this game, 32 points, didn't score at all in the first quarter, Devin Booker with 27. Chris Paul played nine games in June. That's it. Yep. You know, yep. in a season of attrition to a certain degree, being that well-rested and able to close a game in the fourth quarter and being probably the freshest guy out there probably makes, a, you know, a world of difference for him and the Phoenix Suns as well. So we're going to have more on this game coming up here in the next segment. But before we get to all of that, look, today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom, formerly Locker Room. Spotify Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you're in. You can talk with me, with John, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. And there's a whole lot going Going on around the NBA. The draft is around the corner. Free agency is coming up after that. The finals are here, and this game was pretty fun. We're all on there talking about different things. John, you host your room on Fridays, right? Yes, I do. Friday afternoons uh, on a you know basically a regular basis, but depending on what uh, what Team USA has for me this week, maybe there's a media availability that will change that. 
I do mine Wednesdays, 6 p.m. Central. So we are talking today. If you want to talk all things Zion Williamson, the coaching search, all of that. But all of our hosts are on there. So if you want to get in on the conversation in Green Room is the perfect place to do that. Go download the free Green Room app currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. You can follow me. It's at Nola Jake. John, what's your handle? It's at John Corrales. There we go. That's super easy. We know you want to join our rooms to get in on the conversation that you listen to every day. Green Room is basically sports talk radio on demand with your favorite hosts. It's a way to also make it into a lot of the shows, too. So Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, continuing to talk NBA Finals, Phoenix wins game one, 118-105. We, we just looked at it kind of from a weird Bucks perspective on just their defense and the adjustments, but there were a couple of other things I thought that kind of doomed them in this game a little bit. First and foremost, Giannis, who went from doubtful to playing in like a span of 24 hours, looks more or less like himself, I thought, for the most part, at least offensively, but you had a guy like Drew Holiday in the biggest game of his career kind of let the team down after being, you know, an incredible force to close out the Atlanta Hawks in game six. Four of 14 shooting from him, 10 points, nine assists, seven rebounds. That's great. Chris Middleton, though, shooting 12 of 26, so 46%. Not miserable, but not great. They need more out of those guys when you look at kind of how well the Phoenix Suns are playing. Yeah, before we get to that, let me just mention that today, the road to the finals, our NBA finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy these games a little bit more in these NBA finals. Uh, it's funny that we got to the second segment without even mentioning Giannis. So Giannis for sure looked fine as far as his knee went. They came out, they threw the alley-oop in the opening uh, play of the game. Yeah. yeah. But, but he still didn't look explosive and he didn't look like his normal self like he looked fine flashes of it at times that block he had the chase down block from behind was awesome awesome an amazing play like lebron-esque and very few people in the league can pull something like that off god i mean he it was wild. like he took two steps over half court and just got that thing so yes so, so he had flashes of himself but but i agree with you like he didn't have the lateral movement right right i don't think he was able to push off of that and when you think about that now he he sprained what his left his left knee so when he he's driving and his his pet move is spinning over to his left and then you plant that left foot to to stabilize yourself you plant that left foot to pivot and so you're putting a lot of pressure on the ligaments of that left knee when you're spinning that way. So he, he didn't really do that as effectively as he normally did, which now brings us to your point where Middleton and Holiday definitely have to help open things up for him. I think Holiday was very disappointing in this game. He yeah. was especially defensively. I think defensively he was a little slow and not playing with a lot of confidence. He, it, was, it was a real tough time for Drew to have a bad game. But I'll just say this. I do buy into the that that cliche. All Phoenix did was what they were supposed to do. They won game one at home. And this is this is like a boxing match. You can have one bad round and you just come back in that second round and you you just make your adjustments and then you come back and you'd be okay. So Holiday for sure has something to to make up for. And it goes back to our conversation in the first segment. 
What do the Bucks do? Do they come out and just do what they normally do? Put Drew Holiday on Chris Paul. Let him hound Chris Paul. Play your drop coverage with Brooke Lopez. Do what you do best and see if they can beat you doing what you do best. And then make your switch. But Holiday definitely has some motivation for game two to come out and focus defensively. And then on the other side, just let let his defense fuel his offense. Yeah, you know, he and Middleton combined for eight turnovers. You know, that's not going to get it done in this game. Yeah, your face kind of says it all right there. They also put Drew Holiday on Devin Booker to start the game. And I kind of, I agree with you. I like him at the point of attack on Chris Paul a little bit more. He's also really good at fighting through screens, right? So playing that drop coverage where you need him to fight through the screen instead of switching. I don't, that whole thing, going back to what we just did in the first segment, it's like, what was going on there? What did you think of Coach Bud's rotations? <laughs> uh, as I texted you during the game, I think, <laughs> I, I think four or five times I said to myself, what is Pat Connaughton doing out there? Uh, just like, what are you doing? I, I think he had a cross body block. It was a very kind of WWE move uh, on one play. Uh, I, I don't I don't know why Jeff Teague was playing at all with Bryn Forbes at the same time. Those guys combined for like a hundred minutes in the last round and you're throwing them combined out there in game one. I literally wrote the words on Boston sports journal. Jeff, Jeff Teague should not play in this series. (laughs) And then here comes, you're not wrong. Budenholz are out there playing him. And there were a couple of times where look, he hit a couple of shots, but then he gave it back on the other end. There were times where guys flashed from behind him. And, and there, it, one play ended up in alley Teague had just come down. He'd hit a shot, goes down on defense. He's ball watching. Guy comes in from behind him. Everybody converges at the free throw line. Throw The lob gets thrown, and that's Teague's fault. But it was two passes later. That's the type of thing. When you're talking about a team that's struggling defensively and, and facing a Phoenix Suns team that basically morphed into whatever it needed to be, to to adjust to whatever the sun the, the the Bucks were trying to do. Anytime the Bucks said, "Okay, we're going to do this," oh, I got Bobby Portis on me, boom. Oh, I got this guy on me, boom. Like they they hunted everything down the way they were supposed to. So when you throw Jeff Teague out there, it is especially damaging. Like this is not the time for that. It's so funny because like Budenholzer. How do you get a team this far and then make such obvious mistakes? I, I just. No, I'm with you. It's, it's again, I said they make you want to pull your hair out, right? Like if they didn't have Giannis, how bad would this team this be? I know, right? I've seen the pictures, actually, everybody. Um, <laughs> it's a little inside joke there. Um, so it, it's maddening, right? But it also led to a, it looked like a lot of confusion at times for the Milwaukee Bucks out there, especially offensively, right? They looked like they had just showed up to a gym at your local rec room and like just started to play five on five. And these guys hadn't been on a team the whole year before because they're probably running rotations and lineups they didn't really get a lot of time doing. It killed any chemistry out there on the court and seemed to kind of take them out of rhythm of the game and the flow of the game and led to some stretches where they just struggled to score. How how do you do that in game one of the NBA finals? Like yeah. look, look, game 30 of the season? Sure. Totally cool. Now, yeah, no, that's it. it, It's just kind of wild. What I I feel like, I really feel like the Suns kind of psyched out 
the Bucks before the game even started, again, to your point from earlier. And the rotations didn't settle down until the end. Like in the fourth quarter, it was it was like a 20-point game. And in the fourth quarter, the Bucks started to change a little bit. They went a little small. They took Brooke Lopez off the floor. Now, Brooke Lopez has been a huge part of what they do right. And so I, I think you can start the game next game with Brooke Lopez on the floor and hit Phoenix with what you do best. But it shouldn't take long for Milwaukee to say, okay, our adjustment is not going to be switch or go crazy. Our adjustment is going to be to go small and then do something like blitz the ball handler off the pick and roll and then just count on some speed to rotate behind that. But Brooke Lopez came off the floor in the fourth quarter and the Bucs were able to finally get the right matchup, settle down, hit some shots, get some stops. So I, I, I will say for all of this Budenholzer, Budenholzer kind of like shade, I think it's very easy to throw the Budenholzer shade. I think it's kind of like a knee jerk, like, oh, the Bucks lost in a very disappointing way. How can we pin this on Budenholzer? And he gives us <laughs> easy things. He makes it so easy for us. But they did flow into something in the fourth quarter. I think I look, think they got it within seven, right? Like yeah. it, it, it's it's interesting that we're like we're kind of ragging on them a lot. And look, they they lost by a good bit, but they had it close, and at half it was reasonably close too. I thought, and for all of the things they did wrong, you fix some of that. Like the the complexion of this game in this series can change instantly. Like they're kind of at almost rock bottom on this, so they only have room to go up. I think three, which should make you optimistic if you're a Bucks fan. Here's what the Bucks have. They have four quarters with a lot of different things going on and game film on all of those different things. So if you want to say round one is a feel-out round and, you know, yeah, you got popped and you lost the round. It's, you know, it's it's 10-9, you know, after, after the first round or maybe you got knocked down 10-8. But you got a lot. You got a lot of information out of game one. So for all of the ragging that we do and it's it's the thing that we love to do, they get a ton of information, and there is ample opportunity there, opportunity for them to say, this didn't work, this didn't work, this did, this did. We can tweak this, tweak that. Game two has a strong chance of being a very different game. Yeah, I, I fully agree. So we've talked a lot about the Bucks. In the next segment, let's get into a little bit more about the Suns and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and all of the things that they did right, because they did a whole lot of things right. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on NBA, is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, the protein bar out there. And look, they've got something up this week only, July 6th through 9th, a limited time flavor, the Built Grasshopper Cookie Bar. This thing is essentially a thin mint in protein bar form. The best of all of the Girl Scout cookies. There's no denying that. And now they've made it healthy for you. John, you tried these. They're, they're unbelievable. I got sent a sample box, like five of them, and they were gone within five days. I didn't realize I was supposed to hold on to them until now to use as a display thing. They're all gone. I, look, I got the same thing, and I don't have them, and they are awesome. They taste they're exactly they're really like good. Thin Mint, and they're, and they're good for you. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only five grams of sugar. Look, if you want to eat one before a workout, for breakfast, whatever it might be, Built Bars are perfect for you. You don't need a protein bar to taste amazing. It doesn't need to be a gourmet meal, but it doesn't need to taste 
but I've tried a ton of different ones. This is easily the best tasting protein bar out there. You may as well eat the one that tastes good, especially when they have special flavors like this. Again, available this week only over at built.com. So if you want to give these a try, go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 over at built.com to try the grasshopper cookie bar. Today's episode of Locked On NBA also brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The NBA Finals are here. If you don't have a rooting interest, make them a little bit more interesting by going to BetOnline.ag, seeing all the different prop bets. You're a smart basketball fan. You're listening to Locked On NBA. Use that sports knowledge to grow your bankroll. You can do that over at BetOnline.ag, and you can go there for all of your sports info needs. Whatever sport it might be, MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. So before the next game, before game two, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great news, sign-up bonuses, and fun contests information that they have going on you don't want to sit on the sidelines anymore so head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus it's already like you want to bet when you use the promo code locked on over at betonline.ag betonline your online sportsbook experts all right continuing to talk about game one of the nba finals 118 105 the phoenix suns over the milwaukee bucks we've talked a lot about the Bucs and like what they did wrong, but good news. There's only room to go up from there, but the Phoenix Suns did a whole lot of things right. And we've got to start with Chris Paul, who was just absolutely masterful in this game, looked in command of the offense, knew what was happening, pulled all the strings, picked his spots to shoot his shots. And he did it to the tune of 12 of 19. That is 63%, four of seven from three, 32 points on the night, nine assists, four rebounds, just freaking freaking awesome, right? Like, I don't know what else to say there. You sounded like you were dropping bars over there, picking spots. I did kind of rhymed at one point. I didn't mean like, to do that going into it. That's how that is the level at which Chris he, Paul was he playing. inspires he inspired me. Inspired you to drop like deaf poetry. Um, it was an amazing <laughs> performance, man. It was just, you know, that that's what Chris Paul does. This is the this is the experience in in you know showing itself. And again, like I said before, whatever Milwaukee did to throw at the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul said, okay, I see this guy. Like he, poor Bobby Portis, like really had no shot against Chris Paul. And he could turn the corner on Brooke Lopez, but could also do the step backs and and knew that Lopez wasn't going to get out there. Um, when he did get out there, he's just too big and lumbering. And he had that flagrant one where the uh, in the airspace foul, uh, which was very dangerous. And I hope uh, Chris Paul's ankle is okay. You know, this goes play guy. They play through it. And then in the morning, but it looked okay. Bottom line is Chris Paul, like you said, in full command, just complete. That is what greatness is on the floor. Whatever was happening, he had it. No problem. We, we want to do this. We got this. I see this guy coming over here. We're going to do this. He had everything, no matter what. This is like watching an episode of Chopped and seeing that chef just putting everything together. No matter what that basket threw at that chef, he just, okay, no problem. I'm going to make this. I'm going to make that. Beautiful. Just awesome. I also love making food analogies. Look, you might not be happy that Chris Paul is in the finals. You might not be rooting for him, and that's fine. But if you just love basketball, watching him do what he did on the court in game one is 
like price of admission, right? Totally worth it to see him on the biggest stage in the biggest game of his career. First time in the finals, do all that. He didn't score in the first quarter. He was just kind of still pulling the strings, hitting Aiton on the rolls to the basket when they would switch, and Aiton had a mismatch there. Drew Holiday on him, as good as Drew is on bigs, not when the dude's rolling like that. Just doing whatever he needed to do, pulling those little like Chris Paul gamesmanship moves too, forced a loose ball, and then somehow got, I think it was Devin Booker, to foul him on the loose ball that he like poked out of there too, which is like the most Chris Paul thing ever. It was fun to watch him. I thought Monty Williams had a great quote when they interviewed him, I think after the third quarter, or the first quarter, whichever one it was, they're like, how do you empower Chris Paul to kind of do all this? And Monty Williams is like, I, I just get out of his way and I let him do his thing, which like sums up kind of what we saw from him uh, on the night. This was kind of like the game we've all been waiting for him for a while. He, he was awesome in the star of the show. But Devin Booker wasn't too shabby either, right? Overall, he didn't have the best shooting night, but he made his impact in just getting downhill and relentlessly attacking the interior of that Milwaukee Bucks defense. And they struggled guarding the rim, I thought, pretty much all game. He was just 8 of 12 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3, but a perfect 10 of 10 from the line. And he finished with 27 points. Yeah, Booker did all his damage right away. Like, that's that's what I was saying before. He had 12 points mm-hmm. in that first quarter. And, and, and that sets the tone, right? That's... That immediately put Milwaukee on their heels. And so for all of what we said about Milwaukee maybe outsmarting themselves early on, Devin Booker still had to take advantage of it, which he did. And he attacked. He got to the rim at will early on. And now Milwaukee on its heels basically throughout the game defensively. Like they they just never looked comfortable defensively. And you know, at, at points it was it was Booker. At points it was Chris Paul. Uh, in, in, you know, different guys made made different impacts, and and not everybody shot well. You know, you look at look at this across the board. Uh, Jay Crowder has one of the weirdest lines you're ever gonna see. Yeah, that's like how you were plus nineteen when you're zero for eight and zero for 0 5. for eight, zero for five from three, plus nineteen, finished with a yeah, point. That that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But look, you get you get your production out of campaign. You get you know some some three point shooting from uh, Mikhail Bridges. Um, I'm curious to see what the Dario Saric injury is. I haven't seen what that is. And, and they, they weathered the storm, uh, because they already had the bucks on their heels. But when, when we get to game two and that didn't look good for Saric, if he's out, that's going to make, that's going to make game two super interesting because when, when Frank Kaminsky was on the floor he was he was hunted, and and I'm I'm just gonna I just want to see how that changes the dynamic because Chris Paul can do what he does, but he can't play out there the whole game. DeAndre Ayton can't play out there the whole game. They're gonna have to figure something out in Phoenix. There, it's gonna be part of those game two adjustments. But but yeah, the you know watching Chris Paul and watching Devin Booker just just hit hit Milwaukee early and just kind of cruise the rest of the way. Like they, they just had control of the whole game. Even when Milwaukee, like Milwaukee kept it close. And I think that's very encouraging for them that they were able to keep it close, but I never thought, Oh, they, they could win this game. I just thought like, Oh, they're hanging around. This is just a different vibe. 
Yeah, no, t- totally. And look, it was a pretty well-rounded performance from like most people on the Phoenix Suns, right? Other than Jay Crowder, but his defense was exceptional, particularly to start the game out there on the wing. You had Cameron Johnson with 10, um, McCall Bridges with 14, DeAndre Ayton with 22 and 19, by the way. You had campaign off the bench with 10 points. Cameron Johnson hit a couple of threes for another 10 points. Like they... They kind of all just filled their role really well and kind of played up to what you expect from them. If one of those guys lets them down a little bit and the Bucs make some adjustments and we expect the Bucs to do so, this game looks entirely different. So we're expecting this to really not follow the script as we saw uh, game two or game two is going to follow a different script than game one. I'm more excited about this series. Like the Bucs did not play well in this. They were not hitting shots. They seemed disorganized and kind of lost out there. And they were still within seven in the fourth quarter. That's like a testament to them and their skill and what they're capable of doing, I think. Let's also keep in, in mind that Milwaukee came off a, a tough series uh, against Atlanta. They flew from Atlanta to Milwaukee, got their stuff, <laughs> flew to Phoenix, and like a day later, they're playing in a game. While Phoenix was, you know, what's their travel? Phoenix to LA, short flight. They, yeah. They've had time to rest. Like you said before, Chris Paul's had a lot of rest. The The Suns had a, an advantage there in getting, you know, getting to be home, getting to be in that time zone. Milwaukee switches time zones. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit of a later game for them. And so there's going to be some adjusting there for Milwaukee. And that's what I think is going to be part of what makes game two a little bit different. They're, they're going to have their day off. They're going to make their adjustments, but they're going to be in that same place. They, they're going to get a little bit of rest. The guys didn't play too many minutes except for Chris Middleton, who played 44, but Giannis only played 35. So I think, I think there, there's going to be a little bit different energy to start game two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And look, if you want to know about either of these two teams, please check out the Locked On Bucks podcast hosted by Kane Pittman. And of course, the Locked On Suns podcast, too, hosted by Brendan Clean. Both of them are doing amazing work and have been covering these teams excellently in the run up to the finals. You get more in-depth analysis on each of those teams from the people who cover them every single day. No better way to do it than the Locked On Suns podcast and the Locked On Bucks podcast. And that's going to do it for us on the Locked On Wednesday edition of NBA here, the Locked On NBA podcast. Don't forget, if your team's not in the finals, it's only two teams that are, means you're probably looking towards the draft, and that means starting on July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford and Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make their selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at Red's Army underscore John on Twitter, and I host the Locked On Celtics podcast.